0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com.
1: Hello and welcome to Sentimental Garbage, the podcast where we talk about the culture we love that society can sometimes make us feel ashamed of. My name is Caroline, and I'm an undead murderous five-year-old, played by Kirsten Dunst. Joining me is the Brat Prince rock star of all vampires, Siobhan McSweeney.
2: Hey, I'm (laughs) Lestat. The vampire (laughs) dead. We're talking about Anne Rice today. Yeah, Anne Rice. The the, sort of godmother of all supernatural, really. Yeah, of like, I think of Baroque Gothic, really. Of sort of, of luxurious, sexy
1: Gothic. This is very interesting to me because... I'm very much a luxurious, sexy, gothic person as well. And we're from the same place. (laughs) (laughs) We're both from Cork City, bitch! Yeah! I think Cork is intrinsically goth.
2: Uh, Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, uh, I was thinking, um, I was sort of panicking coming on this, going, what can I possibly talk about? But then I was like, what can I talk about that can sort of contribute in any sort of way to, to the conversation about her? Because you know her books are so intrinsically they're either set in, you know she she has this American ideal, yes, and ideal of America and of Europe, and none of those things sort of match up in my head with certainly how I was reared. She wasn't. Mm. She was. She never mentioned a uh, a bungalow bliss nineteen seventies <laughs> generic bungalow out in Arla in the 80s and 90s, you know, like that wasn't... (laughs)
1: wasn't her concern. That wasn't Wasn't a concern for her.
2: (laughs) It was more a sort of luxurious... New Orleans Orleans, hotels. Yeah, and like sort of um, old Parisian stuff and like plantations, like everything. Heavy, humid air, which I suppose Cork does have. But uh, um, (laughs) there the similarity ends. But yes, I think there is something inherently... Gothic in Cork? Yeah. I mean, when I was a teenager, like I say I was a goth, but it wasn't. It was around the time of grunge, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. it was more. But like I used to sneak out and go to like the forum, which wasn't a goth pub per se. It wasn't sort of, uh, what? but it was, you know, it was the cure. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think I my theories, I thought about this for a long time because I write supernatural books and because whenever I write them, I, I can't seem to stop writing about Cork at the same time yeah. Um, this thing of like I think because there's no there's nothing between us and America there's just we're just just the Atlantic and it casts this kind of blue light over everything this kind of slightly gloomy light that makes shadows look longer sooner yeah and I and you got all this metal happening in Cork. Yeah. There's, there's like two metal clubs. Yeah, there's like there's a whole there's a big like a lot of goth shops. Yes, and there's yes. something that's infused the territory. So when you picked Anne Rice today, who is just like the the grandmother of all gothic, um, although you know grandmother she's not that old. She's the mother of all gothic. Uh-huh. Um, I it instantly clicked for me. It was like oh, of course Siobhan would be obsessed with this. <laughs> like when when did you find her?
2: Um, I was a teenager. I'm just thinking like St. Finbar's, our cathedral yes. in Cork as well. Like yes. that's, that's done in this very sort of typical Gothic architecture. But I also think as well, like as much as, I don't know if you had that when you moved over here, I certainly had it when I moved to drama school, the expectation of what an Irish person should be mm-hmm. and sort of battling against that because yes. I didn't Well, just because I'm contrary and also I didn't recognise it necessarily. Nobody wants to be reduced to something or or in fact elevated to something. Um, But I think as I've gotten older and more confident and not even more confident, I don't give a shit anymore, (laughs) frankly, this idea of... The cliche of what the Yanks and and the Brits are like this idea of the supernatural in Ireland, mm-hmm. the way that we're constantly ac- mm-hmm. accompanied by fucking Enya on a white horse and a ad stomping over the, the the burren, like it's something that we roll our eyes at, but it's something we inherently understand as well. Whether it is part of us, whether it's real or whether it's been thrust upon us, mm-hmm. we we carry mm-hmm. that with us, right? So like when you're when you're reading books that just start from the premise that there are vampires and they're very sexy. That, you know, there's no sort of, I cannot believe there are, really? Well, I, no, this, this we must, we must, you must spend at least, you know, a whole arc of a book trying to convince me. there. Like, that's where we start. That's where we go straight in. Yeah, on. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you got me. I'm there. I'm there. Um, tell me more about the cheekbones. But, <laughs> <laughs> the alabaster skin oh, and the glinting eyes. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. No, divine. Um, but uh, when yeah, so when I was a teenager, and also I think, it's do you know it's romance, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like you have the gory stuff, you have the really sort of like oh, they're they're what are they eating? They're 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 in muck, and but the one thing about Anne Rice, she had an idealized idea, idealized idea. Thank you. Yes, other people write my words. Um. <laughs> uh. This idea of like places and like, you know, she'd have a lot of shorthand, like if you were Irish, you know, or if you were French or blah, blah, blah. But she did sort of give me like a sort of history of the Visigoths and mm. <laughs> and Egyptian culture uh, and, and... And New Orleans. And, and New Orleans. Yeah. And uh, like she... Th- th- there There's sort of a lot of history in there as well, you know, and a lot of philosophy, this idea of eternal life. And when I was a teenager, and still, but especially when I was a teenager, teenager this idea of living forever, you yeah. know, it's,
1: it's... And being young and beautiful the entire time. Being
2: young and beautiful the entire time and and exploring what the possibility of eternity is and when you're first beginning to sort of slowly edge yourself out of the nest and and wonder whether to take the 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 great jump or something there's something about the sort of self-absorption of being a teenager Mm. the the self-absorption that has to be there when you're a teenager that goes maybe maybe i'll be the one who'll live forever and and would that be awful and yeah i loved the sort of pseudo philosophical stuff with it as well. It made me feel very smart while I was being horny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and if you can if you can get that, if you can as a writer, if yeah. you can nail that Venn diagram. <laughs> you'll never go hungry again. <laughs> ah, <laughs> the, I know. The thing about vampires and teenage girls in general, mm. and teenagers in general. Yeah. Um because like obviously, you know, Anne Rice was her book was were most famous since the 80s and early 90s, then obviously we had Stephanie Meyer come along with the Twilight stuff and like it, they've never stopped being this real horny fixation mm. for, for young girls and I think I'm going to, have to speak carefully because I'm I'm sort of edging into like both fantasy and reality here and I don't want one to be confused with the other um you're sort of obsessed with sexuality and sex when yeah. you're that age and you're also afraid of it yeah and you're sort of have this sense that you may be ruined should you have it and also that you should ever want it too much and so I do think when you're a young girl and you're also not allowed out at night because you're told of all the things that are going to happen to you if you go out there and there's lots of admin around who's going to drive you home from where in case you might be alone on a dark street for any moment of time and someone will seize upon you. Mm -hmm. I think because of that young girls get this real fantasy in their heads of like a, a handsome stranger seizing upon me Alone in the night And is like Obsessed with the youth Of my flesh And the thing of like Me being young And there And mortal And full of blood Kind of thing yeah. And I I do think That whole f- Vampire victim Fantasy thing I think it's very real For young girls I think the idea Of just being Taken and having Something happen to you And you have no choice
2: That's complete That's exactly Exactly The idea of surrender Yes, yes. The idea of surrender Which I think is A, a, a huge thing I think also, at the time, as I said, you know, like it was it was grunge and 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 rock and um this idea of, of vulnerability was a weird one to navigate around when you're a teenager and you're your early twenties or something, and these books maybe take that dilemma away from you, where it can sort of go you. It's vampires, so it does, you know, that, that, that difference between fantasy and reality. Yeah. It doesn't have to represent your strident, burgeoning views at the time in real life and in your politics. Yeah. But you can sort of surrender, surrender to succumbing to something, you know. Um, and I think the maybe that's the appeal of it. I think certainly my idea of womanhood was so... Anti, it was very basic. It was anti softness.
1: Really? (laughs) Yeah. Why why did you
2: do that? Um, I I think it was just the time. I think it was, you know, like it was, it was the nineties. It was sort of you were one of the lads. Mm. Um, you, you know, if you wore dresses, you wore them ironically. Mm. Um, you you wore boots. You were King Gordon. You know. You you were Kim Deal. You were anybody yeah. called Um <laughs> But like as in this idea of softness was just easily equated to weakness. Yeah. And it felt like a time, because you are coming into your own and you feel strong. And to associate yourself with weakness and you're so at that cusp where you can see where your life could go. You could continue along one 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 line and you know be fucking married to the engineer in Sunday's <laughs> Well or something
1: <laughs> Sunday's Well is quite an elite suburb of uh, Cork city just But you know, <laughs> do, do you know
2: what i mean like or yeah, sort yeah. of like some cunt with a yacht like yeah. i mean and these were not the circles i was hanging out in by the way but you know that sort of wifey thing mm-hmm. and it, it it just seems very black and white when you're a teenager yes and and the way boys would treat you would be very black and white as well. Even if they weren't, that's how you would receive it. That's how I received it. And so the idea of not be, uh, yeah, I think now in my old age, I can sort of go the idea of not being vulnerable yeah. around my specific idea of femininity was a real, a real driving force, feeling, like wanting to feel powerful and sort of maybe co-opt a masculine paradigm for that. Yes and the the
1: sort of fantasy of like cuz there's the the fantasy of being sort of the victim of a vampire right yeah. but there's the fantasy of being turned yeah just like working life and office life and corporate life that it kills most people but it chooses some to elevate yeah yeah yeah
2: oh very good
1: <laughs> and, that, and that thing of like the the vampires they, they slaughter most mortals, but special ones, sexy ones, yeah. ones like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You they get could to, they the, could take to the sort of the mortal plane because they're so lonely in their own immortality yes. that you must join them for an eternity.
2: Yes, I think also as and well, and you will be rich, and you'd be rich, and but also you'd be let in on a secret. You know this idea of secret as well, this idea of something larger than yourself. And I think when, when I was at well all my life the idea of something being larger than myself um, especially you know when you lose your faith that you've been brought up with yeah but still still believing that there has to be more than the office <laughs> I mean that in every sense by the way <laughs> Um, the idea that there could be more like I, I used to wish upon a star when I was young yeah that I would be an actor. Do you know? I, I Like oh. for Starlight, Starbright, First Star Street Tonight. That was the thing I wished for. And I remember just making, if I could I make a deal with God, and like, like just sort of cajoling and bargaining and doing whatever I could because I knew there had to be something more than um, the life that was being laid out for me
1: and this is what Anne Rice was so good at entertaining and pulling on as well mm. like even so you Interview the Vampire is her first book she writes it I think in 1976 mm-hmm. and what's fascinating about that is that it's it's actually it's quite it's a short book but it's quite a slow read it's like it's clearly someone who's not come in totally to their craft yet um, but she wrote it after the death of her daughter and it's quite a moving book to read in light of that because you can there's a lot of there's a child character in it who who her sort of punishment is that she never dies mm. Um, but it's also this thing of the, her character is so brooding. It's the the stencil of the brooding vampire, right? But you can that that angst is coming from a real place, which is a mother. I I think anyway, my interpretation is a mother saying, "What am I supposed to do all alone forever now that you're gone?" You know. Yeah. And it's it's a really when you read it in that context, it's 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 quite upsetting actually. Yeah. Um. And yeah. then she moves on with the series, and she sort of like you can tell she was working through something to get through that and I think that's what makes many people writers because they have some great thing that they need to work through. We, before we start recording we were speaking about Maeve Binchy and how she looked after her father for a long time and then she uh, started writing and it's not because her father was trapping her, it's because she needed to write to recover from that, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I, I really I really believe that, that that first book is about working through some kind of trauma um, and then she, sort of, she starts to have more fun with it and then she has this character Lestat who becomes her cash cow of her entire career who's like this mischievous vampire who goes on to be a rock star and this whole thing of like sorry I can't remember the original point I was trying to make <laughs> but, but the uh, idea
2: of working through something that yeah. she she has fun with it but again that sort of goes back to sort of my idea that there's more There, yeah. there, there is more and that this the great, is the, what is it, you know, the greatest and noble art being torn. Like, it's, it's art, isn't it? It's and art. that, yes, we can just live or we can create. Exactly. And
1: this thing of like, she does it so cleverly in the book. So she, she publishes an Interview with Vampire. It's short, it's sort of okay, received. And then a few years, she does some other stuff. She comes back to the vampires a few years later. And then she starts teasing her audience, saying, like, Oh, uh, interview with the vampire cleverly disgu- disguised as fiction and all this kind of stuff, and it talks about how these books them- in- themselves in their publication are affecting the vampire world, and this thing of like some younger vampires think it's kind of cool, some vampires are very pissed off that they're <laughs> you're sharing their sacred history, <laughs> you know, and I, there was, it was so I felt like twelve reading Queen of the Damned the yeah. other day. I was like, it was like um. You know, Lestat in the first person saying, oh, Louis, talking about this, talking all kinds of shite. Everyone thinks it's fiction and ha 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 kind of thing. And uh, everyone loves my book, too. And but part of me was like 12 being like, what if it is real? See? <laughs> See? What if he's telling the truth? And yeah. what if Anne Rice is a pseudonym and an actress?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. I know. And it's it's again, you know, it's it plays into that idea of what if, what if, what if?
1: Yeah. I wonder if, this could be a real long shot, a real deep cut reference, but, <laughs> but
2: have you ever heard
1: of a book called Lady Cottington's Pressed Fairy Book? No. No. It was this very strange book that was, it was purported, it was written by Terry Jones weirdly of Monty Python but it was purported to be the diary of a young girl who was trapping fairies (laughs) in her books and it was like this like very it was like a children's book but all kind of strangely pornographic images of fairies (laughs) being squashed to death. Ah Terry. (laughs) Oh Terry. He of the foot the Monty Python foot but it took me a really long time to come around to the idea that this was a fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Because it had a forward, a forward being like this book was yeah. discovered, and it was the same with the flowers in the attics books. That yeah, this, yeah, this yeah. was discovered in yeah. the, in the attics. <laughs> I just every time I have any kind of forward from any author being like oh, I found this book yeah. in an attic somewhere, I believe it, and I blame the Diary of Anne Frank. <laughs> yes. yes, I read that book too young, <laughs> and then I thought all diaries that were, were definitely real.
2: real. I remember, um, I remember my mat uh, coming home and. Uh, I was nine. Like, that was too old. That was too old, Siobhan. I came home and I was like, ma'am, ma'am, Martin Miller said that he found, um, he found Santee's presence in his mother's wardrobe. Yeah. (laughs) And ma'am went, what? I went, Martin Miller says, like, what does that mean? That there's, like, that there's no Santee? And she went, oh, well, he's, he's wrong he's he's wrong I went yeah I thought so and I went down to my room and I saw so, she came she came down and she followed me and I distinctly remember because I was kneeling on the floor beside the radiator and uh, it must have been around like this time of year because I was leaning against the radiator because it felt lovely and cold and I was just like whatever I was doing um, <laughs> pulling the wings off flies or whatever no um, <laughs> like whatever I was doing and she came down she knelt beside me and she sort of said Siobhan you do know he was telling the truth <gasps> don't you And I went, yeah, I know. And she left and I swear to God, I looked up to the sky and I went, I still believe. Nine. 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 Far too old. I was 10. Oh. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I just, I wanted to hold on to these things for so long and I'm still that way. Like, I don't. Like, as you know, I love, I love like, my tarot cards and stuff, but I'm not, like, super into, like, holistic mind, body, spirit, mm. horoscopes, that, all that kind of stuff. I'm into the, the vast mystery of, like, are ghosts real? <laughs> yeah.
2: Like, there's a bit of me going... Across. I don't
1: really want self-care. I don't really no. want a rock to make me feel better. But I, want I also to know don't want to know are real. more.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to know more. I'm like... uh. That's the, that's, oh, I, the keys are gone, of course they're gone, jeepers, yeah. of course. Well, you know where they're gone? I don't want to know, they're fine. And and That's very Irish of us, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that thing of, like, always referring to the fairies as, like, my neighbours, my fond neighbours, <laughs> the kind people who live outside my eye line. Yeah. That is still a
2: thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's just I've it's hilarious how I have no interest in investigating that thought any further, not for fear that it would scare me, but for fear it would disappear. Yeah.
1: I love that about us.
0: <laughs> I love that
1: for us. I love that for us. <laughs> um, and like. I wonder if it is something to do with Catholicism because Anne Rice, big
2: Catholic, oh, yeah. big and she Catholic. came, in came and out back, of it yes. a lot. Yes,
1: which I respect. I respect someone who who has the strength to change their mind and to publicly change their mind a couple of times.
2: No, not only a couple of times, but I really what I, and I, as much as I love uh, the Riding vampires, mm-hmm. I really love her questioning.
1: Yes. I yes.
2: love her, Her. I love the philosophical side of it. The sort of like, what if, how awful it would be. You know, like to actually by the end of the book to go, God, it would be awful to live forever. Yeah. It would be so lonely, you know, existentially lonely. Like, a, I'd still like it though. You know, or I wouldn't, like she, 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 she makes you, it's not, God, it, it it's a rich world and it's it's an intelligent world like it's yes yeah it's a world that reco- that places sort of sensuality and fun and mystery on e- uh, on an equal footing with intellect and and philosophy that's so well put yes and I think that's where the guilty of the guilty pleasure would mm-hmm. come in too. You know what I mean? Yeah. This idea of like, oh, sh-. that's why I didn't like Twilight, and I didn't, I didn't find, a re- I was like, this is. Nor just- did she. Yeah. Well, this is just a format that you could have with anything. Yeah. It's 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 a generic story. You've just made one tribe. It's West Side Story. Like it's it's yes. just the same. Yeah. <laughs> it is West Side Story. Yeah, which is just Romeo. It's it's just one one as far one as thingies. But with this, it's something. It's like, what if life didn't end? What if? You could do anything. What would you do? What like with the witches stuff that comes in later? You know this idea of community and a female community and of inheritance, um, of family of 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 a passing through the ages. And I think something about Ireland as well, where you know we all know our fucking history. Do you right. know? And we, we, we very few of us are brought in to the island. <laughs> That's true. You know, like and and if we are, it's it's you know uh, blow from the 1700s like it's we 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 are all of a place so we we can track back we take that as a given we we sneer um are very sort of um rollingy when the Yanks come back and they want and they've got their family trees and all that sort of stuff or like I was in Canada up till a couple of days ago and um I had a lovely driver and he was bringing me around the place and he was like and this was this is the oldest firehouse yeah blah, blah, blah. nineteen twelve it was fucking nineteen twelve and I was like <laughs> oh my God I there's stuff in my fridge that is older than that like I mean and he and you could see he was like really proud and I was just going yeah grand. And he sort of went, I keep forgetting how old Europe is. And I'm like, no, you keep forgetting that there was loads of stuff here before you were right. You know, but we know we, we we have that as a given as and and I think Anne Rice, like Yank, really, really wanted all that as well. So she wrote this world of 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 history, of community, of family trees, of witching families of of and you go back over all the all the um the the lineage you go through a whole lineage you go through hundreds and hundreds of years um and and there's something comforting about that when you live I don't know not when you live forever but like the idea of you know it's very much in vogue at the moment the idea of the ancestors isn't it yes yes Yes, um,
1: the twenty three and me of it all. Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> exactly. So she she was onto something. It wasn't a story. It was, it was a philosophy, and it, it,
1: it and she is a very existential writer because yes. that's the thing that you get, particularly in those vampire books. It's this constant thing of like, but why? Yeah, why, 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 why? And to do the vampire, um. Uh, Louis and his vampire daughter, who is called Claudia, um, they kind of journey to Europe and they travel all over Europe and they go through sort of Transylvania and all this and they see these kind of like what they call revenant vampires, who are these uh vampires who were turned and then buried and then had to sort of come up through the earth and are therefore feral and they're like, oh God, if this is our this is our history, it's like they are absolutely the Yanks who come to Europe in order to find their history and then they keep getting disappointed and then eventually they find these incredibly decadent. Parisian vampires who tried to kill them they're like oh, really? Yeah. This?
2: Yeah it's all for nothing life is yeah, for nothing Yeah
1: and he kind of he finally has a kind of a question a conversation with like an elder vampire and he's like you know, Lestat wouldn't tell me anything. Please, now you
2: tell me. And him being like, there's nothing. Yeah. Like, it's just this. We're just doing it. I don't know. Yeah. What do you want? <laughs> like, And it's almost like she's not happy enough with that answer either. No. So she keeps questioning. She keeps questioning all the way through. And Like when she when she drops the vampires and moves on to witches. And then yes. she doesn't necessarily drop the witches, but she brings in something else to the witches. And then, you know, like this. And then she has this stuff where she sends Lestat to heaven. You know, she's really working it out. She's stretching not only the genre, but her, her, her own philosophy with these, with these ideas. What do we do with our past? How do we bring it forward? How do we lead good lives? Is there such a thing as goodness, inherent goodness or good deeds? And this thing of sin as well, yeah. which goes
1: back to Catholicism, yeah. right? And this, and I do think that is part of I think w- why you you and I are people who are very happy to settle with the idea that magic and mystery exists and no no wish to scientifically interrogate it whatsoever, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it just wants to leave it there. I think it's very Catholic. It's very Catholic not to question things yeah. and to believe things. Uh-huh. Um, and she definitely gets back to this thing of like sin mm-hmm. and a sin. If it's like if it is a sin to kill a person. And also a sin to take the world, the Lord's name in vain, or whatever. Then, like, how do we measure these things? And how how is the evil of, say, a vampire who kills two people a night to stay alive, mm-hmm. equal to the evil of a mortal who cheats their neighbor? You know what I mean? And yeah. this constant thing of like. Do we stagger evil out in these stages? Does that make any sense? Is it our position to do so? Is God real? Is He measuring? Does He care? Yeah, <laughs> like, he it's care? constantly, constantly that.
2: And the idea of pleasure wrapped up in that. Oh God, that's it's so erotic. It's so erotic. like, is sin pleasurable? Is pleasure a sin? You know. And she, she, we discussed that earlier. She has a sort of a, uh, um, an erotic alias, uh, where she writes these, <laughs> very, um. I mean, personally, not erotic
1: <laughs> it's, books. It's the, well, well um, the fans of those books will often say they're called the, the Sleeping Beauty series. Yeah. The first is called um, Sleeping Beauty Claimed, I okay, think. And then
2: Awakens or something like that. And then Punished.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so when you when you contacted me, when we talked about what you were going to choose for this, I was like, oh, I've never read Anne Rice. What should I read? And then once I got into researching, I realised, oh, I have uh-huh. read Anne Rice, just not under the name um. Anne Rice. Um, a few years ago, me and my friend Harry, who actually edits this podcast, so hi Harry, hi um, Harry. <laughs> we we went on. We were in a band together. We went on like a songwriting vacation in a holiday home in Scotland, and Beauty reclaimed was there, and we started reading out and loud just... to each other, pissed obviously, being like ha ha ha, and it's like the world of this book. It's like so
2: hard to. Oh my god!
1: So basically, the Sleeping Beauty myth is real, or like it's 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 this is the the world the, the fairy tale kingdom where Sleeping Beauty myth is happening. She is awakened by being raped by a prince. She's sixteen, but also a hundred, obviously, because she's been asleep. Um, and you think like, oh, this is going to be a feminist tale of how yeah, um, an
2: Angela Carter yes, kind it, of yeah.
1: It, it totally, it really begins Angela Carter yeah. of like um, let's examine these perverse tales that we yeah. tell our children and what they mean and what they symbolize. And you are like, cool, I am kind of this yeah. is disturbing. That I can get on board with this. Uh-huh. And then she is taken back to the prince's kingdom and uh, inducted into sort of a slave, sex slave harem. <laughs> yeah. And she loves
2: it. <laughs> she loves it. But then it gets really confusing. And as I was saying earlier, I was like, w- were there horses? It was okay. pony play.
1: It was pony play. Yeah. There is butt plugs with tails in them. Yeah. There's um nipple clamps that are function as reins.
2: Yeah. Wow. It is
1: it, it fans of this book will say that it's um this is not a cat, This is not, you know, the the sort of
2: uh, oh right What are they saying it is? It's pornography Oh okay
1: <laughs> It's not erotica Because erotica Sort of like Has sexy situations Yeah, it, You know It's the Milton Boone thing. The Milton Boone books Are actually quite tame It's yeah. like There's generally like Two or three sex scenes in them And they're not that explicit But this is just It's every single page Yeah And when she talks about this work she says that was my mission She said When I was growing up You would have a book That would get passed around school <laughs> That would have the, the good pages Thumbed down Yes And there would be like A picture of a pirate On the cover Ravishing a woman With tits coming out to, up to her neck She was like I don't want to do that I wanted the good part On every page Brilliant And if you're going to write A 700 page
2: I mean because they're tomes as well They're huge <laughs> Fucking hell
1: they're like, and the thing is, I think they are regarded as like these huge classics of the BDSM world, <laughs> right? Like, and I think people who are into that lifestyle super yeah. rate them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and like, sort of got a lot of people who are in that lifestyle into the lifestyle. So live and let live.
2: Oh, totally, totally, <laughs> totally. Like, no, but I thought but maybe. they're extreme. Like, they are extreme. It's, it's, you know, you're, 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 you're giggling, thinking about like. Velvet cushions and eating chocolates and living forever and next thing you know you're an extreme uh pony play. so It's like right okay wow maybe we should, yeah I, just dinner first maybe <laughs> I like it's it just goes yeah, um, but then you see what a complicated woman like and and well not complicated just normal
1: (laughs) yeah but willing to talk about like so she what and her
2: catholicism and her like quite quite sort of devout catholicism in that she absconded from the church then rejoined the faith and then absconded again and then rejoined like this you know she's able to live with contradiction really really well and no shame around it as well you know which
1: i have i have a quote from her about religion Which I think is fucking brilliant. And I I could see it on somebody's t-shirt. Not mine, but someone's. (laughs) In the name of Christ, I refuse to be anti-gay. I refuse to be anti-feminist. I refuse to be anti-artificial birth control. I refuse to be anti-democrat. I refuse to be anti-secular humanism. I refuse to be anti-science. I refuse to be anti-life. In the name of Christ, I quit Christianity and being Christian. Amen. Mm. It's
2: fucking cool. That's pretty cool.
1: Yes. For a woman who was born Like 1940 You know yeah. Yeah. And here's And here's Something else I, I fucking love About this woman as well Her fringe
2: <laughs> She had such a cool fringe Yeah I'm very jealous of fringes You see You can have a fringe I couldn't
1: <laughs> The thing is Only you can answer That question for yourself Yeah And don't listen to other people Who can tell you you have a fringe If you know in your heart It can't happen It can't happen It can't happen, it can't happen. No. But she had a lovely thick fringe Oh lovely fringe A real like paintbrush That's Sort of right. thickness You know yeah.
2: Bauhaus kind of vibe yeah Yeah,
1: but she she refused to be sort of embarrassed by anything and also she was my favourite kind of writer It's the kind of writer who can write something for the goodness of their own soul and for the interrogation of their own curiosity but who when that book becomes something else to another group of people is so interested and curious in that and doesn't try to pretend she always meant it to be like a gay allegory which many people take the vampires to be because mm-hmm. it is all male-male relationships mm-hmm. um, and she's just she says that the vampire books or she said she died last year sadly um, but um, the vampire books she never meant to be a gay allegory but they were taken up by the gay press in a huge way and they were sort of kept alive by the gay press and that curiosity in that whole world made her an enormous ally throughout her entire life, like hugely. And I imagine being from New Orleans is a big part of that. Like... And her
2: son as well, Christopher. Is he gay? He is gay. And uh, they wrote together and um, yeah, they had a very loving relationship. And
1: it was um, when she died, oh, I think six or seven months ago, um, at the, in the same week, there was like a lot of anti-trans stuff happening. Just a lot of really ghastly, ghastly stuff happening. And lots of um, very prominent fantasy writers who were being in favour of that stuff, which is gross. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the same time, all this Anne Rice stuff was coming out and all this stuff like, okay, as far as like the sort of 70s, 80s, this is a woman who was born in 1940 who has been so pro-trans the entire time. And not just like, I'm willing to tolerate the existence of many genders, yeah. But I think these. And again, again, I think trans people have done so much work on themselves and so much internalized sort of like examination of what of the self. That they have an enormous amount to teach us, Mm -hmm. and this is something she says again and again and again. She like there's lots of like trans writers who talked about having direct relationships with her, and I just think it. it, I found it so moving, especially because we have created this narrative that I think is totally untrue. That um, trans civil rights exist f- for now and that if you were born yesterday or maybe three days before yesterday you can just about understand and grasp it but how could we possibly expect older women or older people to grasp it and then there's this woman who died in her 80s who got it the whole time got it instantly but also you placed know?
2: it in his placed it within a context a historical context Pla- like trans the trans community didn't arrive overnight yeah. You know, the, the, the awful stuff that is said, It's it, you know, it, blue hair dye didn't arrive and the trans community like they, they've always been with us. They are as much part of our human history as any other thing. And this this she she was able to understand that and place that within a context where where you feel yourself being placed as well, you know. And again, it's it's, you know, so much of. Life, I think, is what do we do about loneliness? Oh. And so many, like, I really think the thing that I carry from all good art, but and I place her stuff there as well, is the idea of you're not alone. You're not alone in, in, in that uh, you're not alone because there's a ghost behind you. You're not alone because I too think that sometimes. You're not alone as in um your mother and grandmother and great grandmother and great great grandmother and, and great great you know you 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 come from by virtue of being human you already are not alone and the idea of finding your own people and a tribe and everything and there's she's she's she, she's she celebrates community by talking about one community at a time mm. But she celebrates the idea of community, which is celebrate. And, you know, that early discussion about what is there? There's just this. And maybe at the end of it, it's like, well, what is there? There's just us and all we have is each other. And I think that's so beautiful, so beautiful. And at the end of any sort of exploration I have with any piece of art, be it a painting or something or or a piece of music or a play, or a character or anything, it's the idea of there's just us, you know? Mm. There's a communication that has just happened. There is a, you're, you're not alone. You're not alone for that, for that little moment while you're connecting to something.
0: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times.
1: That's really beautifully put. I'm very, very moved by that. Aww. um, let's talk a bit more about the Mayfair Witches, which I haven't got round to reading yet, but I'm very curious about. Are they like your favourite of the of the Anne Rice's?
2: I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and perhaps because of those. Well, actually, it depends. I mean, like, it depends on what you what you want at the time. But what I love about the Mayfair Witches and that storyline is again. That idea of of family, mm. um, big uh,
1: female family,
2: big female family. That I also that idea of inheritance. I think there's, uh, you know, th- there's a lot of it about at the moment, the idea of what we inherit, both as individuals and as countries and as societies. What is our inheritance?
1: It's uh, so true. Actually, I hadn't thought about that, but you're you're you are right.
2: Yeah, like the the sort of, you know the. One of the I'm I'm lashed to everything, so you know, like a what's that one about trauma at the moment? Uh, everything. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but about it's in the bo- the the body knows keeps the score. Yes, 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 yes. And the sort of idea of epigenetics and the idea of and I, I you know being Irish and being. I think it's becoming clearer that we. You know, I made a joke about how we we, we know our history too much, but also there's stuff we don't know and we won't look at. And in Ireland, so much is beginning to get uncovered. You know, Mm. in a literal way, our own soil is vomiting up our past. And again, that's a connection. I think I think wholeness and integration (laughs) as as an from an individual perspective and as a society only happens when we fully look and accept our past yeah. and move on. And living in Brexit London and and what's right. going on at the moment, there is no way of looking at the past here because it's not been taught. I, I go back to this time and time and time again. And I feel like I'm cro- like it sounds like I'm crowbarring, but I'm not. I'm thinking it out as I'm saying it. But the thing about the, the Mayfair witches is you see through a book which... Um, books are brilliant for that. You see the the generations yeah. and it passing down not always through female line but through male lines as well. Male witches, blah blah blah. But you can sort of see because she she's writing a history. She's writing a history of of this family, and you can you know you can always have the oh she's like the great grandmother who's like yeah, this, yeah. and you also see the evolution of a race, the evolution of a of a clan. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's, it's such an interesting. Because it has sort of made me think of like I do feel like if there is like A theme to the kind of discussions That are happening at large at the moment I think a lot of them can come back to inheritance Whether it's the literal thing of like The housing crisis and, yeah. and like the thing of like be like, oh well, the we've essentially inherited a, a sort of a feudal system yeah. <laughs> whereby you can only um, own a home if you have a vast amount of money given to you by someone yeah it's also this thing of like I think so many young people in this country in the UK are just fighting with this idea of like what their responsibility is to the rest of the world knowing that the amount of pleasure and privilege they enjoy is because of England's dominance and enjoying it but also feeling bad about it yeah. and like no one knows what to do with any of that yeah and I feel like it's just it's this weird time maybe it's because we've all been indoors but I feel like people are talking about their, their own generational trauma
2: much more much more yeah I believe like, so this sense and that we're not just credence these,
1: yes, yes Like
2: sort of not moping like and also not ignoring sort of finding a middle way of going Maybe some of my behaviour is because of this. But that doesn't mean that I need to continue this way. Yeah. Maybe if I figure that out, I can move on. The tower. Do The you tower
1: know? in tarot we're referring to. Um,
2: and, and there seems to, like it's evolution. It's evolutionary thought, isn't it? Like we're, we're evolving. Our thought is evolving around these things. You know, like nobody anymore could put up with that sort of like, well, admitting you have a problem is the... F- <laughs> As the first step, you know. <laughs> so, okay, well, you have to do all the others, and you have like. Whereas before it always felt that people, I don't know, this is bullshit, but like it always felt that people just stopped at admitting the problem. But now yes. trying to integrate it. It's like, yes, like,
1: there was no step two, was there? Yeah. It just became like like saying like, well, the thing is, is yeah. that I had no intimacy for my mother and yeah. that's why, I, yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. I am this way and you have to deal with it. You have
2: to deal with it. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, no, that's not acceptable anymore. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Figure it out. My friend out.
1: my friend Tash calls out, uh, man who has a doctor reason he can't be nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: My doctor's note. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. Um, we've we've really gone all over the place <laughs> <laughs> with with old Annie. Um, oh God, what else do we want? So the thing is, it's like I've struggled to um, come up with like a lesson plan for this episode because this is someone with a vast body of work. You yeah. know, um, this is like like dozens of books. Yeah. And and uh, and oh, so and, many uh, shades of her personality and her, and her of oeuvre, you know.
2: Completely. And and not, I don't like all of them.
1: Yeah, which ones don't you like? She's dead now, so oh, yeah. we can say so.
2: <laughs> to speak ill of the dead. Um, uh, I'm just looking at your dog. You look at that face. I know, we
1: brought the dog to the studio. I know, we've locked her outside the soundproof. <laughs> so she's just Why you me.
2: leave me? Why you
1: leave me, mother? <laughs>
2: oh. uh, what ones don't I like? I don't like the ones uh, that get a little bit too plot-driven.
1: Oh, you like the sort of, like, the tangents of just, like, of like uh, uh, soft, uh, rich materials and thinking about death. <laughs> yeah. Is that really your shit? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I think that's it. I, I don't know. I can't think of the ones that I don't like. I love you, Anne!
1: <laughs> I love you, Because even the Sleeping Beauty things, it's like... Oh, my gosh. I might not
2: like it, but I fucking
1: respect it. And I respect Listen, that she did it.
2: It blew my tiny mind. It blew my tiny mind. Uh, I particularly love that I had taken them out of the library. <laughs> I ordered them off the library system and uh and went to collect them and then read them and went oh. What right. I love about that
1: is that if you're ever a suspect in a murder
2: case yeah. and there's a really good lawyer Yeah they're yes. gonna use that gonna, <laughs> It's the public record. The public record, Siobhan, is uh is uh take... no. I mean when was that? we have to burn the library <laughs> oh
1: yeah how how closely is cork city libraries keeping their yeah, fr- yeah. their files um oh god i ju- i think the legacy of her is so long um like i th- i don't think there could be a true blood without Anne rice right that idea of like the southern gothic sort of vampire thing that's so dependent on her. and i just hope that as we move away as her work i don't think it is very fashionable right now i think um that very florid way of writing yeah. is does kind of seem old-fashioned, yeah. It? And you do when you, when I was picking up these books, I had to sort of adjust to it, right? Mm-hmm, it's like adjusting mm-hmm. to um to a certain cadence. But I really hope that people revisit her and realize how much she's actually responsible for because I do think that now it is quite normal and it's like basically expected for us to be like here's a film but from the point of view of the bad guy Mm -hmm, like you know mm -hmm. either whether it's like Patrick Bateman or like the Joker it's like it's like these stories that you know but from the from the bad person kind of thing but she kind of invented that that sort of wasn't a thing
2: yeah yeah she did and of the sympathetic um psychopath really yeah and and of, I she I don't think she invented shameless pleasure, no. But, but she relished in it. Yeah. She 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 relished in it, and she she allowed little doorways in for people who were like. Who wouldn't have felt, perhaps that they, could enjoy being the bad guy without it being a bad thing, and yeah. relishing in their badness. Actually, no, it's, it's fun.
1: It's kind of fabulous, isn't it?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: One thing I did want to talk about, which is because I think it's fascinating, um, because like she was a very forward-thinking person, with very, you know, leftist values, but she fucking hated fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> and was very litigious about it. which very I, litigious. I find loved quite it. funny.
2: Love, lo- Like, loved when she got cross. She also had, like, quite an interesting, a bit like Neil Gaiman, and a lot of, like, and even Amanda Palmer stuff. this stuff. A very sort of... Um, Robust and real relationship with her fans Yes
1: She had a Facebook page That she sort of responded to people Very frequently like, Yeah It was quite easy to get a response from her which Completely And
2: she felt that as much part of her uh, Legacy and her job As doing her scuttling away to her Overt Covert uh, library, Gothic library And writing away on her quill You know like
1: One of my favourite things that she said Was um, she talked about how well Queen of the Dam did And she said like she, oh yeah, a regular person could uh, live off Queen of the Damned alone. I'm not a regular person yeah. anymore. It's all gotten too crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and she sort of like waved her hand as if she's referring to the upkeep of several properties.
2: <laughs> I mean, and she was like, and you see her rings. Like, I mean, th- th- there's something, yeah, look lu- like luxurious about her. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm not a materialist. I don't covet lots of money in any way. But, I, I love her, her, and I'd never got the impression she i mean who who the fuck who cares, but like it's she liked n- nice things and not nice because she saw them on Instagram, but nice because do you know like like yeah. Liz Taylor or something, do you know, yeah or Jackie Collins, yeah. yeah, just like here's my stuff like <laughs> like oh yes, and if you if if one cushion feels nice, we'll have twenty because that'll be twenty times nicer. <laughs> Like
1: opulence, I love that woman. Opulence. I can't ever be that woman. I don't really have this the aesthetic sense. But when I meet them, I want yeah. to draw them very close. But
2: they're very, they're 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 naturally born.
1: Yeah, they are.
2: <laughs> they yeah. are naturally born. I I I have one particularly in my life, and she was born like that. And I yeah, I think I was uh my 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 sort of aesthetic shall ever be sort of slightly studenty Dostoevsky, and I think. <laughs> looking, uh, you know, still still taking the soaps from the hotel rooms. <laughs>
1: that should never change. You, can't, you shouldn't change people, you know,
2: it's fine. People are who they are,
1: okay? <laughs> I remember, I remember, like, someone saying they worked at Abbey Road and they um they came across Paul, Paul McCartney because he was doing a benefit there and that he the, the story was that Paul McCartney didn't tip them. And I was like, first of all, why are you expecting Paul McCartney to carry cash? <laughs> yeah. And second of all, it's like... I imagine being that rich and famous that everyone expects you to make a grand display of wealth everywhere you go. Yes, no, that's an awful story. I hate that. <laughs> I know. I the, the other person comes off much badly. I think. Yeah, like also this is Abbey Road. This, this is, is basically his house. <laughs> like, no, it's in. We, why
2: are you tipping? Tipping for what?
1: Oh, it's like you know, it's like it's like the center, the like the, the performing arts center that's near there. It wasn't like the zebra crossing
2: oh yeah I know yeah, but yeah I, yeah. T- yeah, I
1: didn't. <laughs> <laughs> didn't tip the guy at the zebra
2: <laughs> <laughs> when I, I lived in Kilburn when I was in drama school and um, the house was always open to people coming over and the uh, amount of times uh, we'd go to the pub and then at the end of the pub I was like let's go to the, the, the zebra crossing yeah, in yeah. Abbey Road and there are cop cars that go up and down there uh, all, all night but it got to a point and they are like Siobhan I was like how are you? yeah this is uh, Niall he's over from Cork um, wants to see the raw. <laughs> wants to see the road. Will you take this picture? Actually, yeah. I oh, got over oh, there so so much. Um, yeah. No, I don't. I don't like that story.
1: <laughs> no, me neither. Yeah, I can't remember why I told it, but now we should wrap up. Oh
2: yeah, the opulence of it all. <laughs> the
1: opulence, yes.
2: Fan fiction. She didn't like fan fiction.
1: But what the thing is, like people and people still don't like her because of her anti. She was very litigious. She went yeah. after people. Which mm-hmm. I think is funny. Yeah. Um, but it was her thing of like it's like early internet where. Like the idea that somebody would be writing your copyrighted characters into their own stuff and possibly getting paid for it by other fans. Yeah, would have been like, I would have been when because the, now there's a rich context for the existence of fan fiction, but then there was also a his-
2: yes, exactly a history of it too, you know yeah. like yeah, uh, um, you you're you're tapping into the grand tradition. This would have all been new. It's like no. No, don't make money off my stuff. Exactly. Also, characters I'm still writing because yeah. she like
1: left like fifteen years between those vampire books, you know. So
2: I'm trying. I'm to... I'm on f- Anne's side. I'm a go, Anne. I love an overdog. Love Paul McCartney. Love Anne Ryan. <laughs> love an overdog. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember when you were saying that. Uh, there's some story. Somebody told me. Is is it Joan Collins? God, Joan, don't be at me. But somebody who who will take them. It is Joan Collins. Somebody told me she'll take, like, if there's you know at a do or whatever, she'll put the sandwiches in her bag. Oh, and I love that. and um, if she likes a lamp in the hotel, that goes into the bag as well. <laughs> and I'm like, I love
1: that. It does not make me feel remotely judgmental. No, no,
2: I mean I I love it too. That's why uh, like I really love that. But I I hope that. I know that when you say it it's not meant to be a a positive story but I'm like yeah you're brilliant fair play, fair play. I'll take it what? what? It's it's. Wait, have dragging a own... standard lamp behind her she goes <laughs> <laughs> by the cord. that's mine that's mine and the hat off, off, off like, the concierge and that's mine When women do that
1: though of, it's something like, like you ain't gonna say shit Yeah, I'm Joan Collins Yeah yeah, but yeah, women just like take up not just you know oh that thing of like women taking up space but like too much space, yeah. <laughs> obnoxious amounts of space. Oh my god, taking gosh. the space
2: with them as they leave, <laughs> <mean. laughs> dragging the curtains down. Yeah, fair play.
1: All right, we should wrap up. Um makes me. You're the most famous cork woman in the world.
2: <laughs> I'm the most second famous. <laughs> we'll we'll have to update the 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 list. Sorry, Fiona. Um, sorry
1: Fiona but you haven't done shit in a while
2: <laughs> <laughs> It's
1: Fiona Shaw everyone <laughs> She hasn't done shit I think you're number one now Oh my god God I'm sorry um, So you, uh, you've you done so many things <laughs> That people can watch And there'll be more yeah. I'm trying to give you an elegant wrap
2: up You've yeah. done Pottery Pottery, yeah, when will this come out? Uh, probably a couple of weeks Yeah so uh, next thing is Pottery pottery mix next, next yeah That's so the great british Pottery. it's not the great down. british pottery throwdown great pottery throwdown okay. which i say to all my republican family it is the great pottery throwdown because pottery is great
1: <laughs> and transcends all borders transcends all
2: <laughs> borders <It is laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I love that show so much. I'm sure oh, everyone too. I'm sure people just like cry at you in the street about it, just how comforting it is. <laughs> it's
2: so lovely. People have such a lovely response to
1: it. And Imagine it's... when people have the worst things happen to them in their life. The first thing they do is make a cup of tea and the second yeah. thing they do is watch pottery throw down.
2: Pottery. And everybody wants to know if it's as nice as it seems. And I'm like, Yeah. 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 It is. It's really nice. I mean, how could it not? not so could watching it not. people make pots. Is that guy
1: still on that who cries? Yeah. I love him.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and Rich is... And they're big old nerds. Yeah. They're big old nerds. They're like having chats about the clay and you're like, I don't give a shit. Like, this is... This is fantastic. How- I
1: love your role as like, the mischievous imp of the pottery studio.
2: <laughs> like, what you doing? Okay, bye. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're really into it. I just think it's a very... I think passionate people are inherently funny. It's great room for comedy, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. People who are extremely focused on the thing they care about most yeah. in the world while you know nothing and do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so impish. It's very Puck. <laughs>
2: um, and there's Holding, of course. There's Holding. Holding is, I think it's been shown in Australia at the moment. It's still on ITV Hub. Um. I, th- I don't know if it's been out on Irish television yet. Um. Obviously, the last season of Derry Girls is on... Uh, four O D are all four, um, and uh, I've fil- uh, I'm trying to think of anything that's coming out soon. Nothing's coming out soon. The next thing, yeah, it's going to be a nice summer, I think.
1: Yeah, I'm so pleased for you.
2: I'm so pleased for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the dog wants to go out. Et cetera. <laughs> okay, bye everyone. Bye. This has been sentimental garbage, and I've been Caroline O'Donoghue. The podcast was produced and edited by me with mix and music by Harry Harris and artwork by Gavin Day. If you'd like to email me about the pod, you can do so on sentimentalpod at gmail.com or get in touch with me directly on Twitter or Instagram at ZaraLine.